What's up, guys? Welcome to Tysonversation number six or seven. Um, welcome. I'm enjoying doing this. This is the second one where I've got this new setup. I've just pulled the camera in a little bit closer, and I've figured that my glasses don't do the annoying light thing if I look at you from the side. So let me know if you're liking the new setup or if you have any uh, suggestions on what else you'd like to see. But let's kick off the episode with just an explanation of who I am, just in case you've just come across the podcast. My name's Tyson, and I specialize in skill acquisition or functional training, which is basically making training to make your body better at doing things. And I have a base in gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting, having competed in Olympic weightlifting and being an accredited gymnastics coach, also holding a Guinness World Record and having a few successful training series behind me in the Stronger series and a bunch of other things over on my YouTube channel, The Tyson Edwards. I started this podcast, Tysonversation. I'm still going with Tysonversation. I can't think of anything better, for lack of a better descriptive word, um, than the pun Tysonversation. And this podcast is a means of just talking on relatively up-to-date topics, current events, Q&As, training updates, because I can record these and put them out quicker than I can make a YouTube video. And I do enjoy the YouTube aspect, yes, for tutorials and stuff, but as a creative outlet in things like Fusion Gone Wrong or other comedy entertainment type of videos. So this podcast is a quick, easily digestible download of bodyweight training, weightlifting, functional training in general, and what I'm up to for your week. They aim to be about 30 minutes long. So let's start, as we did last week, with some housekeeping. Um, The setup at the moment, the might be some noise like footsteps people live upstairs maybe i don't know just weird noises so if it's not completely quiet that's the reason because i'm not in a studio but we still have the epic blue yeti with us and yeah so just be aware (laughs) it's not gonna be silent this um and a lot of people have been hurt On the coast today, there's a lot of ambulances going past. So let's all hold our belly buttons. I remember that in school, a girl said, if you hold your belly button, it means they'll be okay. So I never held the fucking belly button. I'm actually holding it now. Um, This podcast was finally approved through Apple Podcasts. So you guys can search Tysonversation in... Apple Podcasts, so you can add it. And I'll put the links if you want to add it as an RSS feed. You can also listen to it by going onto my website, thetysonedwards.com. So that's great. Um, I aim to record the, I think I already touched on this. I'm aiming to record these podcasts, even though I've got a few backdated, they're hit and miss. Like the first one I just filmed on my phone in my car. So I'm aiming to record these every week. I think have them out on a Monday is most preferential and with some of the segments current events q a's if you guys because i forgot to put out a q a if you have any questions to put them through for this week so i will try to do that but if you guys have any current events you want me to talk about or questions just hashtag tysonversation so that i can have a look at that prior to starting the podcast and can answer them that way um 
what else for housekeeping? Um, I'm going to introduce a new segment today, skits. This is a, a YouTube exclusive. So I think of it like Chappelle's show because that is the level that this is on. I might just make a reference to something and then have some kind of video to back it up as a sketch, you know? Um, so this is obviously going to be YouTube exclusive for podcasts. I would just cut that bit out. But if you want to add a little bit more entertainment to the experience, head over and watch this podcast in its YouTube version. And let's move on. That's housekeeping. Let's move on to our training or my training updates. This is Tyson, remember? So training updates. I just finished my Smolov Junior Cycle for bench press. If you're not sure what that is, search up Smolov or Smolov Junior. They're two different training programs. The Smolov Junior I did talk about last week and that came to an end. It was a three-week program and it finished for me on 105 kilos, which is 231 pounds, three reps, 10 sets. It was really hard to do. I think I had a spot for one of the reps in set eight or something. And I plan to rest now because I did that, I think it was Thursday or Friday last week. And this Wednesday, I will max out. I'm hoping for at least 115 kilos, which is 254 pounds. And then I will use that max to mold the second Smolov Junior Cycle. So what I like to do is do the Smolov Junior Cycle, goes three weeks, have a rest, max out, and then use that max to mold the next Smolov Cycle. I just said the same thing twice, but I'm going to, because you get stronger each time. It's not just beating a dead horse doing it for the second cycle. At least that's what I found when I did this last time. So I'm aiming to use the max that I get this Wednesday to set the next cycle. And then following that cycle, I'll max out again. And I'm hoping for that max to be a lifetime PB of about 125 to 130 kilos which for you Americans is 276 pounds or to 287 pounds. So within that realm. Um, what's after that is what I've been thinking lately because even though I am going to be focusing on the bench, I can see the end in sight now. And I think I'd like to transition to what else for pushing? Uh, handstand push-ups. I haven't done handstand push-ups for a long time, so I think they might be a bit rusty, and it would be good to experiment with them, possibly work to a 90-degree handstand push-up. And why am I doing it? I just think that that pushing form, I did, again, I touched on this last week for jiu-jitsu in terms of framing and just having that, uh, yeah, a solid frame of a pushing foundation. Ah, I'm going to get you, my God. Uh, that's why I'm doing the bench press. And bench press, I have always thought, maybe like a little bit of an ego or self, self, uh, self-love self kind of thing, is I've always thought my bench wasn't that strong compared to my squat and deadlift, probably because you don't need to bench for Olympic lifting. And bench is when you compare to squat and deadlift, doesn't really carry much of the benefits or a, a lot. The bench doesn't carry as many varied benefits as the squat and deadlift. So it wasn't something I really prioritized, but just as I am getting older, I'm just thinking that would be good to actually put some effort into the bench just to have that around 
figure of numbers, like a solid deadlift, a solid squat, a solid bench to that I could always look back on and think that was, they are decent numbers for someone that didn't compete powerlifting, didn't specialize in strength. So that's why I'm doing that. Um, the I did a running workshop over the weekend. I thought, yeah, I've, I think I know that, oh, I imagine a lot of you listening are thinking, Ugh, the running, the cardio, again with a Tyson, off with his head. We don't want to hear about it. But I'm going to keep pushing it because I think it's just, un- because I undervalued the importance of cardio, I'm thinking you're like that. So I'm telling you about it, which might trigger you to give it a go as well. So I attended a running workshop simply because there is a technique to running. You can run terribly and mess your body up because think of what a run is. It's left foot forward, right foot forward. And if within that you're doing it wrong, you're then going to do left foot forward, right foot forward thousands more times within a run. So if there's anything wrong within that, every step you take compounds that problem. So you can see why, especially if you're a beginner, if you're making these mistakes, why injury can be so common when you first get into running or with runners in general and why it has that bad reputation for causing, you know, messing up your joints, impact on concrete or hard surface running, that kind of thing. So I went to a running workshop. This one was just on strength and conditioning. Um, I initially found this workshop, workshops, because there's one for prehab, rehab, and I might just pick their brain for an idea on, or get them to assess my technique and my gait. But this one was strength and conditioning, and they basically just, they showed some basic movements for people. And I took home the little pamphlet here and the exercises was a squat, a body weight squat, a single leg deadlift, which aimed to incorporate the, I guess it is mobility and strength for the hamstrings, but also to engage the glutes, hip extension, which again engages the glutes. And that was where I actually got the most beneficial bit of information was to diamond your feet. So you know how I do that diamond planche? If you don't, it's basically where I put my feet together and try, say I'm sitting with my butt on the ground. I put my feet together and bring them as close to my butt as I can and push my knees down. And it makes a diamond within your legs. So that position with your feet together in a diamond shape, laying on your back and doing the hip extension that way engages the glutes or the outside part of the glutes a lot more than just your regular hip extension. So I appreciated that bit of information. The plank was another position and then supermans. So basically laying on your stomach and pulling yourself back kind of helps to engage the lats too. So I was a little bit surprised at how elementary the exercises were or the strength and conditioning was. All these things I'm adept at without, I'm not boasting, I'm just, this is my assessment of the workshop. Everything they showed was basic as for where I am at with strength and conditioning. I could do them all, but a good takeaway 
I came away with from that is it just reinforces that what I'm doing or trying to promote to you guys, I it just reinforces to me it's the right thing to do. So to train for skills and once you find a skill that you are motivated to achieve and want to do, to unpack it and find out, do you need to get more mobility in a certain area to achieve this skill? Do you need to gain more strength to achieve this skill, more flexibility, more cardio? And if you do learn this skill, what is it going to favor? Is it, are you going to be constantly pushing a lot? So you're going to need to allow for some pulling to even that out. Where are the imbalances going to be? What is it going to overpower and what is going to be left behind as a weak link if you learn this skill? Looking at training like that, I feel helps you to be prepared for any type of training. And if your foundation is within Olympic weightlifting or weightlifting, see Olympic weightlifting in terms of squats, deadlifts, pulls, overhead press, compound movements with a barbell, let's say that, and gymnastics. If you've already applied that mindset to gymnastics, strength-based training, and barbell weightlifting training and thought, where do I need more mobility? What, what is that gonna make stronger and what weak links is that gonna make? And you address all those. When you try and do other sports, like I'm trying to get better at running, I'm going to be doing cycling, swimming, that kind of thing. When I go to a workshop that touches on this strength and conditioning, my basics are already solid and it means that I, compared to the average person or someone that doesn't train like that, say they just do bodybuilding type training or they don't really train at all, all they do is run, they're going to be so much more susceptible to the common injuries that would plague a runner than I would be. And that is tooting my own horn. Beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I just peeked it. Oh, shit. Sorry. Um, it is, but not in a, I'm not trying to do it in a boastful way. I'm trying to... It points out to me that the, what the philosophy behind what I'm training, there's a real-life example of how it's benefited me compared to others and I like that and it encourages me to continue to promote to you guys to train for skills it keeps the motivation up and keep an open mind on what that skill is good like what is good about that skill what benefits it gives your body and what not negative effects but what uh, costs might pay you might tighten up somewhere else to balance that out and it prepares you for all training situations so Oh, and another thing from that workshop that I kind of pointed out, we didn't really address it, but it made me think one area where I do lack, and there would be many, but one area where I am aware that I lack, but haven't exactly ever trained to strengthen this area is lateral movement. So if that is you as well, perhaps we can next week or the week after come up with some kind of simple training 
routine for lateral movement. The reason why I have not trained much lateral movement is um, because everything I do really goes straight. The running is straight, cycling is straight, swimming is straight, and then with my own my path, my foundations, Olympic weightlifting is straight, gymnastics is straight, everything is forward back. I've never done anything like rugby, football, where or the NNA does have lateral movement now, I'm finding out, and perhaps I'll find out in a touch wood a dark way. I hope I don't, but there's lateral movement in that, and I just think with the NNA, this is actually how I got to think about it. And then the running workshop brought it full circle is that if I don't have developed or some strength within the knee side to side movement in this MMA training, when I'm sparring or when I'm competing, it might come and bite me. So I've been thinking about that lately. And I think I have a few little movements in my tumbling my, my tumbling workout for adults, which I'll put in the description uh, there is a little bit of lateral movement within that but I don't think it is enough so I'll have a look into that and come back to you guys again hashtag Tysonversation if you have a suggestion for some lateral movement and we'll address it again a bit later and then one last thing I noticed is just with running I'm sure you guys have noticed this as well is you shouldn't obviously base your observate your your opinions in within fitness on how people look because i think a lot of people watching this understand that when you see someone on say a bodybuilding magazine or a fitness magazine cover that is a a bodybuilder or a fitness model and their job is to look that make their muscles look fantastic the, the common misconception is that is the healthiest body that looks fantastic but what we know is that these people aren't the healthiest this is a look this is not a portrayal of health and fitness that we should look up to and admire this is just a look that has been achieved and it's funny how we can take that into body weight, the body weight training or calisthenics realm as well, where if someone can't do, this, this can probably, probably be extrapolated to life, but say so, you're going to listen to someone that can do a planche, their planche advice over someone that can't do a planche. But and if, even though I would probably do this as well, because I can't full planche, I think that I have information to offer on the planche because I've been training it and trying to achieve that skill for so long. And it's harder with my body type compared to someone like Yuri Van Gelder, who trains extremely hard, but also has the, ad, the genes, the advantageous genes that give him a higher likelihood of achieving the skill because his body is built for that. And I feel like I could give information that would be more beneficial to the average person than say Yuri Van Gelder can. And this all just ties back into runners can be so deceptive more so in terms of how they look that you wonder if you should take their advice if that makes sense. So when I've done a couple of park runs or 5Ks um, running with a group of people 
And then this 70-year-old man comes running past you halfway in and you never see him again. He completely outclassed a 29-year-old fit young man. He obliterates me. I've had old men. I've had women. I've had children. I've had all the minorities overtake me. And it's deceptive because you look at them and you don't you don't figure that they would be running fit enough to beat a fit, healthy young man. But that shows more about my ignorance to it than it does about the other way around. So just keep that in mind as well. Let's make that a take-home point is just consider the looks on everything and uh, consider everyone's advice. You don't have to consider everyone's advice equally but just have an open mind in terms of what information they might have for you, regardless of how they look. So that's my training. Let's move on to some current events. I wanna try and keep this at half an hour as well. So let's be efficient. Um, Some current events. So one thing I saw recently, which I, I see a lot is in calisthenics, calisthenics and body weight training gymnastic strength training realm is split training and something i see in general in the fitness world is isolation training so think with isolation training it's bodybuilding training it's training your biceps training your triceps training your calves and then i might jump up to the hamstrings and then pop over the back for some glutes You know, looking at each muscle individually and training it like that. And then split training, there might be a better definition out there, but it's splitting up certain movements or exercises. The most common in calisthenics would be the pushing and pulling movements and creating a training program that splits up those two movements and gives them the appropriate attention. So something I just wanted to touch on with that, given it's, a very common way to train a push-pull is if you're not sure how to construct a program or not sure exactly what to do and calisthenics is something you enjoy doing, body weight training, don't by default jump to a push-pull type of training method. Um, I think that you're kind of limiting yourself to set it up like that. And I just, I bring it back to training for skills that you want to do. So even in body weight training, if I I did, I, I could do push-pull type programs, right? But I didn't. I chose skills that I liked, like a back lever, like a muscle up, iron cross, planche, and I trained towards them. And I was, again, open-minded in terms of if I was training for planche, if I was training bench press, if I was training handstand push-ups and that was it, all my training was breakdowns of those movements into exercises, I would be open-minded enough and aware to go, that's all pushing. So that's all pulling me forward and there's nothing to kind of balance out those movements and pulling me back. So I would introduce something that was pulling or in my active recovery or after every workout, something that was pulling as well to cater for all the pushing. But I wouldn't exactly go, okay, I've got all this pushing, so where's my pull split? 
I only crafted my programs around skills that motivated me and made me want to go out and train. And I was open-minded about their drawbacks, the, the negatives as well. And I balanced my body or training out based on the goals. So it was just something I wanted to touch on in case people weren't sure and their go-to was say, making sure they did three push and three pull. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just if that doesn't excite you and that's what you think you have to do, I'm pointing out that you don't have to do that. You can craft your program around skills that you are motivated to do because you think they're awesome. Be open-minded about their drawbacks and add things to cater for that. So an example for me is with that small of bench press program that I'm doing. I'm doing bench press four times a week, a lot of volume, and I had no, nothing pulling going on. So I started to introduce pulls and chins alternating each workout at the end of the bench press. So I'd go over, I'd finish bench and I'd go over to the bar and I would total, however long, it, however many sets it took me, I would total 30 reps. And that's not because one of my goals is to do 30 pull-ups or whatever. It's simply to balance out the bench press. If I don't balance out the bench press with those pulls, my bench press might suffer. So they were added not because I needed to do a push-pull split but because I figured if all I'm doing is that pushing, it could pull things forward. I can get impinged and create an injury. So to balance out, I added some pulling. I hope that makes sense. Uh, the other current event I wanted to touch on, and I say touch on because I wanted to... Oh, God. Um... I say touch on because I might have them on the podcast to talk more because it's something that's interested me is if you follow the the mindful mover on Instagram, which is Philip and Martina Chubb, who I've been following for a long time on Instagram, they have been making moves lately, which are ruffling feathers and I wanted to talk a bit about why that was, but don't want to talk too much about it because it would make sense to have them here or via Skype to discuss it because I can only talk about it from the perspective of just reading their Instagram posts every now and then. So they've been, you know, doing online coaching and being part of the they do more than calisthenics and weighted training, but that there's kind of a similar or a very similar area to where I'm coming from, that kind of community. But they've been making moves lately regarding training frequency, not even that lately, actually, for a while now, uh, regarding training frequency that's uh, triggering people. <laughs> and it's because it has an advocation to uh, well, it advocates to train less and you'll make more gains. And it seems the way it's painted seems very um, 
black and white. Like there's no gray in between. It's like, oh, so I can't like do my moderate workout. I can't, it seems to be very train less, make more gains. And that is annoying people, I think, because the presumption out there is that successful athletes or people that can do good, great things physically train a lot. If you thought, oh, I want to be as good as them one day, well, that will mean I'll have to put in the hours. And when people think they're doing well, it can even be the average person, when they think they're doing well in the gym or with their training, they're putting in a lot of hours. So to have someone saying that or suggesting that they're wasting their time doing that is what I feel is triggering people over on the social media. And like I've said a couple of times now, it'd be great to have Phil, to have Philip and Martina to unpack it more, the concept further than just Instagram posts. Um, but I think um, for me, when I initially read it, I also think, oh, wait, no, that's not how it would work. But I can also... Let's just restart our camera. We're back. Um, should have fixed that trial and error from last time. Um, so for me, when I first read that to train less and make more gains, initially for me makes me think, no, that's not how it works. Um, you need to put in more hours to get more results. But thinking about it longer and longer, because the way it's set up as well is to make people go, oh, no. And, you know, social media has that kind of, you got to get attention to yourself for your business. And that kind of thing is great because it makes people flock to the post. Like the comments they get is, you know, 50 plus comments on their posts of people either agreeing or offended (laughs) by it. So it's good. It's working for them in terms of wording it like that. But if you actually think about it, they're onto something in the sense of a beginner. So if you have, well, here's how I'm trying to understand it and think about it. If you have a beginner for anything, they want to get into calisthenics. Let's just use that as an example. You don't start them with, five sessions a week, right? You'd start them with say one or two sessions a week or three sessions max, but the intensity would not be that great. And you build as they get better, you can make the sessions more intense or you can add more sessions. And what I think a lot of people can do, me included, have done in the past is they get caught up just thinking more is better rather than dialing it back and realizing that it's the quality of work within your training that counts, not necessarily the quantity. And that's what I think is the confusion here in their recent outpour of less time equals more gains is that people are getting caught up with the quantity 
of training as opposed to the quality of the training. And I'm not talking about this because I think that they need to be defended and I'm not even defending them. I'm talking about it because their posts triggered me. And it, like, I didn't, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm outraged. Um, not like that. Just my thought pattern was like, oh, there's something. And I paid attention to it and thought about it for a while now just to try and understand because I like the stuff that they put out and I like the stuff that they do. And uh, one of the things that they read a paragraph from one of their descriptions on Instagram was, I thought this was like a good takeaway for it, is we prefer the extremes and have found that between fast sprints and slow long walks, everything in the middle is going up too. This method takes way less time per week than the moderate cardio methods and is still providing gains at all the intensity levels. So that's probably something that could be unpacked more and the type of wording that would trigger someone because I read that and think, well, it would depend what your goals are to say that everything in the middle goes up too by only doing slow walks and sprints for me to get my five kilometer time up if to only do sprints um, and ad admittedly I haven't tried this but to only do sprints my five kilometer would not go up doing the it might go up a tiny bit it might go up a bit let's just keep it general but not as optimally as doing five kilometer runs, doing some longer runs to get a bit more run fit and incorporating sprints. But whatever, I digress, that's not the point. Point is the last sentence says, if and when that changes, uh, talking about what I just read about what they're finding is by doing fast sprints and slow walks improves everything in the middle too. If and when that changes, our tools might too. But until then, we will take the path of less work for wider gains. So what they're saying is what they're doing at the moment is working for them. And they're open-minded to change that if they find that their results differ, change, plateau in the future. They're not closed-minded people, but the way that it's presented on Instagram, I think ruffles people's feathers and is why it would be I wanted to talk about my take on that because I'm sure a lot of people that follow me would follow them as well and could be good to have them on. Perhaps they'll listen to this and want to come on and talk about it more um, in the future. So uh, questions. Like I said, I forgot to put out there any questions for this week. Uh, but there was a question from last week. And if you do have any questions, hashtag Tysonversation so that I can see it. Um, but a question I had was, how would you approach starting cardio for body weight slash strength as athletes? Frequency, type, duration. And this is a great question because I'm going on about how I'm doing more cardio at the moment, which I found became an important or a priority for me after my MMA training. 
gassing and realizing that when I'm tired, I can't perform the skills that I could when I'm fresh. So it's important to have decent cardio. Um, it only makes sense for me to suggest to body weight or strength athletes where they should start. Because if I, I can convince you, you should also have the knowledge of where to go from here. And there's a few things to suggest. So if I can start more broadly is think of things that are fun to you. So one thing, like an, a, something I found within cardio that makes you enjoy it is you can have adventures with cardio because if you go running somewhere or cycling somewhere, um, you can have a lot of fun just doing the course wherever it is, if it's outdoors. Same with hiking, which is quite, it can be made intense, but also low intensity. Um, and you can have adventures. So to start general, plan, say, cycle routes or runs in scenic areas where it's good for your body to be outside. And it's also where you can explore as well. So in terms of keeping things interesting, if all you think of when you think of cardio is running on the treadmill, then make it interesting by planning treks or routes outdoors and have fun exploring and going through nature, feeling refreshed. Uh, but to be more specific, my specific introduction to more cardio would be to start a martial art, whether it be jiu-jitsu, wrestling, or some kind of striking class. I think that's a great place to start because that's where I started and that's where I realized that I needed to improve that. And the best way to improve, well, maybe not the best way, but a great way to improve your cardio for that is to do it more. So I was getting tired in wrestling class and what made me better was doing more wrestling rounds at the end of class. Then a specific type of cardio training is five kilometers. So park run, again, I don't know if that is something worldwide or specific to Europe and it's branched out to being in Australia. I'm pretty sure they would have it in America. And if not, you can plan your own or find a running group. Um, but basically it's just an organized five kilometer run every Saturday morning. And that just forces you because there's an event to go and do something every week. Five kilometers to me is not long enough to cause any problems. But saying that, I am also quite healthy. So you might want to just be honest with yourself in terms of where your fitness is at, where your technique is at, uh, quality of your running shoes can actually have an impact, but don't overcomplicate it. Basically a five kilometer run is where I started and just be up by making sure you get at least one run in a week is enough to start, but be honest with yourself. And if five kilometers seems too long, start with say one kilometer, two kilometer, three kilometer, and just build it up from there. But there's no need to go past that five kilometer to start with. And then another one is sprint training. So one thing I've been doing lately is 400 meter sprints for four sets. So I'm lucky enough to live near a velodrome or an athletics track. So I can run around that. One lap is 400 meters. I run it. I would say sprint, but I can't physically sprint 
full in a hundred percent intensity for 400 meters so it's a it's a run and then i have a break and then i do it again and that smashes you as well that's great for um not necessarily you know running a marathon but it's great for that kind of cardio that you need for when you're rolling in jiu-jitsu when you're wrestling when you're doing mma training and I actually had a bit where I wanted to kind of segue into my sketch, but I missed it. So we're going to end the episode with the sketch. Um, didn't plan on doing that. And, but let's just, uh, we'll finish up the podcast. I'll set up the bit and then we'll end it there. So thanks for tuning in again, guys, for this second podcast. I hope it's proving to be beneficial to you guys. Hashtag, uh, hashtag Toto Boys. Hashtag Tysonversation on Instagram, on Twitter. DM me, comment on YouTube, whatever. Um, if you have any questions and any current events you want me to talk about, do that. And I will leave you guys with my sketch of what it feels like to train leg day. So I kind of tried to make this and tie it into something I was going to talk about today. But the reality is I was going through some footage that I shot months ago in a gym and uh, made something out of it. And it wasn't good enough for a standalone YouTube video. So I wanted to find a way to work it in to the podcast and that's essentially all it is it's a meme on leg day enjoy it and i'll see you next week for the next tyson